Hey everyone, we've got a new pitch website, pitchpodcast.fm. Comment on your favorite episodes, get all the latest news and discuss the podcast with us, pitchpodcast.fm. If you become a subscriber, you'll be able to access real pitches and ad-free episodes. Watch member-only live streams starring us, your hosts, and ask questions we'll answer in future pitch episodes. Join us at pitchpodcast.fm and help us bring you more great content. Welcome to Pitch. For this episode, Leah and I are going to finish our chat with Larry LeBeau, co-founder and executive director of New Filmmakers Los Angeles, an organization championing filmmakers worldwide. If you haven't listened to the first part of our conversation with Larry, make sure to check that out. Today, we're going to start where we left off. Larry is outlining part of what makes being a filmmaker just so difficult. Then we get into things we can do as filmmakers to ensure we're staying diligent about our careers and our progress in the industry. Let's jump right in. It's like filmmakers, you know, like whether you're a writer or you're a director or you're a producer, you're pretty much like always starting your next thing, you know? And that means that you're always trying to create new opportunities for yourself, whether it's a project that you're writing or a show that you're trying to get staffed on as a writer or a director or a feature that you want to direct that you're trying to help put together or you're a producer trying to raise money. It's kind of like you're always trying to reinvent yourself and kickstart your next thing. And I think if you don't have that spirit of Mm -hmm. go get it, go get it, go get it. As I mentioned in the beginning, it's just so competitive. It's almost like you have to have that curiosity. You have to, you know, want to be a, a a creative collaborator. You have to want to really want it all the time or somebody else will take it. You know, I want to piggyback off of what you're saying and ask you, what are three things that you would recommend for a new filmmaker to get noticed? Like what are proactive things that they can be doing? make stuff first and foremost (laughs) definitely never ever ever stop making things because you know people don't want to know what you just did they want to know what you are doing and what you have in the pipeline so Mm -hmm. i think that's really important um if you are focused on writing and you're a writer i would say select you know, screenplay competitions can be very important. Um, Nickel Fellowship, you know, the, the, the sort of ones that really are paid attention to by the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're someone who's creating content, you're a producer, director, writer, I think film festivals can be amazing if you are very strategic about them. Um, because I think people play at film festivals for very different reasons. And I think film festivals can be helpful um, in many different ways, depending on the festival. I think some festivals are really great for attending and having a fun experience and being very audience focused. I think others are very good about being a festival that gets you in the press. I think others are festivals that really help bridge opportunities for you with industry professionals. And I think filmmakers have to be really mindful about which ones they're submitting to and why. Um, 
so those are two. Remind me the the question so I can really think through the third one again. No, those are those okay. are two really good ones, by the way. Those I, are like I think I think two is enough because I want to go on to film festivals. What uh, what <laughs> film festivals other than yours would you recommend? Because the film freeway is inundated. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it's very difficult if you're a new filmmaker to find your path through what will work and what won't work, especially when you have like a limited budget. Yeah. yeah there's, there's over 12,000 film festivals on film freeway. Can you believe that? I can. Oh, wow. I've weeded through them. I cannot, I cannot believe it. 12,000. Um, 12,000. 12, That's so well, many. You know, I'll give, I'll give some advice that I feel good about giving. Um, and it also helps me just kind of just kind of throw a little plug for NFMLA. Um, so there's a there's different categories you can look at on Film Freeway. And one of those is the 100 best reviewed festivals category. So you have real reviews from real filmmakers. You can't leave a review on there unless you've submitted to that festival. So you know that those people are not fake. Um, and there's a lot of festivals on that best 100 review that I've never even heard of. So oh, wow. it seems like from the reviews, filmmakers are having a really great experience at those 100 best reviewed festivals. Um, now I get to do our little plug. I'm proud that we're number 10 on that list out of 12,000 festivals on film freeway. Wow. Um, and, you know, I think for filmmakers, they can look at those lists and they can see who who are the filmmakers that had a good experience at that festival and why. Mm -hmm. And again, who are those filmmakers, right? Like, who is Erica Ang? Is she making stuff like me? Is she in the drama? Uh, is she in drama? Is she making comedies? Is she, you know, doing comedy? What is What is the type of filmmaker that tends to play here? And maybe that will help me see why they had a good experience, right? So I think that kind of research is critical to having, you know, good festival. But look, if you see a festival that's offering, you know, meet and greets with agents and managers, and that's one of your goals, then that's a no brainer, especially if there's not a huge investment for you to get there. The, the submission fee is not even a half the battle. It's like, if you're in LA and you are applying to festivals in Montana, because there's going to be a marketplace with different industry there, but you've got to put yourself up in Montana for four yeah. days and fly yourself there. And you had no festival budget to even submit to festivals in the beginning in the first place. That's not a wise move, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I think there's a lot of factors that you have to consider based on, you know, time constraints of your own schedule. Um, the cost of traveling to festivals, depending on where that festival is, does that festival have the types of people you're trying to reach at it? Um, at the end of the day, what you really want to accomplish and what resources you have going in. I wanted to go back to something you said earlier. Um, and now that you have your community, right, you've built this community and it's robust and you have, I'm assuming, friends and colleagues and people you trust and respect through yeah, new, new Filmmakers LA, um, 
what does the next chapter look like for you? And what if some what are some of your personal and professional goals now that you've got kind of this home network of people and um, colleagues and compatriots in the industry to to have as your home base? Honestly, it's the same thing I say every day, and like I get asked that question a lot by by friends and people who are my really close work colleagues and people, you know, at some of these companies that have offered me jobs and other things. And I really don't want to do anything other than what I'm doing. And I want to do what we're doing as best as we can and, you know, continue offering as many amazing opportunities as we can to emerging content creators. Um, So that's, you know, at least me professionally, personally, I would say personally in my own life, you know, I, I want to have the freedom to be able to do things outside of work that I love, like travel. Um, and I would say for the organization overall, it's kind of that same idea to continue doing the work that we're doing to do it as sustainably as we possibly can in the long term. Um, you know, and to, be continuing to create relationships and and opportunities that are gonna help emerging content creators. I think at the end of the day, that's what we set out to do almost 16 years ago. It's what we're still doing. And the better we can do it, not necessarily the bigger, but the better, um, is is always the goal. I have a I have a fun question to ask. I always like I always like questions that are like, what's the best restaurant in Brooklyn? Where do I go for like the most glorious view? But I, I like to ask the opposite sometimes. Oh no. Oh, good, good. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not sure I have enough of a life outside of work for 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 tastemaker questions. So it's it's good that we avoid those ones. <laughs> Perfect. No. And and I like to complain about things. It's like my bread and butter sometimes. <laughs> so what is the worst advice? that you've ever gotten, um, in the industry or as a creative? Oh, wow. That's a tough one. The worst advice. Ah, oh, I don't even know what I would say for that one. I mean, I, I get lots of, no. I get lots of bad things. I'm not sure. I'm you not can sure flip it. if it's advice. Um, hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can reframe it, it a little bit. Could, but could Whoa. it be could it be with your family saying don't do that because you've seemed to have thrived in this career <laughs> yeah. path that you've you've chosen for yourself. So that would arguably be terrible advice. Yeah, we'll go with that one. Let's go with that one. Yeah. I mean, I I think at the time it maybe was like really what is he doing and <laughs> is does he have the does he have the the um I don't know what it takes to follow through on this, but that ultimately wasn't up to them to dissuade me from. It was up to myself to sure. really just say, I'm going to do this. And I think, you know, if someone tells you that, I think you got to believe that you're going to do what you say you're going to do, or, or at least be happy trying to do it while you survive. You know, that's a powerful tool is um, the ability to think in your head. Those people are wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I got, a, I got, a, I guess, a fun question if I had to frame it up in Leah terms. But um, other than that first $3,000 single day job you got where you're like, whoa, this is possible. What are a couple of the biggest surprises that you have had over the course of your career, whether it's personal or as like watching other filmmakers who've entered the festival or anything, just like some huge surprises. You're like, wow, I did not expect that. Or I totally expected something and then nothing happened. 
Hmm. Another hard one. I mean, we've had filmmakers go on to win Oscars and make really, really big studio movies and create and show run TV shows. And we've, as you said, have others who have had some success early on or, you know, directed TV shows and become DGA members and sold their movies to Netflix and HBO who can't seem to get an agent. So it's all surprising. <laughs> like, <laughs> to be honest, it's all, it's all surprising. <laughs> um, and you really never know what to expect. And, and like you said, I mean, it's exactly that. It's like sometimes the people that we think are the most talented are the people who do have some major, major validating success. And, and that's a, that, that this example is a, as a parent at Sundance. I mean, look at people have this mentality that when someone plays at Sundance, they've made it. And it's like, no, not at all. Like, look, like I challenge you to look past the 10 years of Sundance selections and tell me how many of those people are not consistently working or don't have representation. Yeah. You know? I think, I think that's good to, to recognize in the industry right now. Like there's this YouTube interview with, I can't remember his name who directed Amelie, who's complaining about not being able to find financing for his next film, but he directed yeah. Amelie. Yeah. Like, one of my favorite uh, directors, Derek C. in France, like, I want to see more content from him. But that, you give, know what, give him that, money. Goes back, that goes back to exactly what I said. Is it Sundance's fault that half of those people are not working and don't have representation? No. Is it any film festival's fault? No. Is it the creator's fault? Not necessarily, but it go, just goes yeah. back to you. You have to keep on keeping on. And yeah. you have to keep on creating and you have to have lots of things in the pipeline and you have to be willing to just keep knocking on doors, you know, and, and, and I think not to get jaded about it, but it's like keeping that curiosity alive, um, you know, keeping the absolutely mentality of wanting to continue, you know, meeting new people and, you know, collaborating with new people and paying attention to where the industry is headed and what opportunities are there. I think that mindset is really important. Well, speaking of opportunities, and I wanted to give you an opportunity to brag a little bit. And I have one of the best questions that you can ask anybody at the end of the day. Which All right. Is, All right. What was your last high five moment? My last high five moment. I think, uh, Getting to Park City um, uh, like two weeks ago and getting some of the best ski spring uh, spring skiing I've ever had was definitely a high five moment to be skiing double blacks in mid-April. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty oh, cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. that's So I said travel was my, was my sort of thing I like to do outside of work, but I, I, when there's snow, I love to ski. That's great. Well, was there anything else that you think um, the general like screenwriter, young filmmaker um, sh should should hear? Is there anything you want to like share with them other than all the great stuff that you've already said? Because this has been really helpful for me. I think it's been helpful for Leah to yeah. hear your insight. Yeah, I mean, but I would I would close with just that there's so you know for as much as is there to sort of as I mentioned in the beginning, like there's more content than ever before. There's more people who want to work in the industry ever before. There's also more at your fingertips than ever before. You know, there's more 
education, there's more tools, there's more resources, there's more executives, there's more creatives in these types of roles of power. Um, and I think being curious and being genuine, there's, if you're willing to do the work and the homework and find those resources, they are there. Um, so I guess that those would be my parting, parting words of advice. That's really great. Stay curious. I love that. Yeah. It's so interesting to me how there are organizations and there are people in this industry who are lovely, really intelligent, have wildly valuable things to say. And through just, you know, happenstance, you maybe have never encountered them or come across them. You don't have a, a personal connection to them. But when you meet them, they bring so much value. And mm -hmm. for me, Larry, this is in part why I'm doing this podcast is to meet lovely individuals like yourself and hear what you have to say, because this industry and the careers within the industry can be so confusing and um, scary sometimes and daunting. But people like you exist in this world and you give such a such a a a array of light to the creatives out there um so thank you for coming on again and thank you for sharing everything and and you know god bless and thanks and keep doing what you're doing because i think oh, it's an invaluable you. um set of things you're offering to creatives yeah thank you so much it's it's been awesome talking to you guys and a, a real pleasure and hopefully i'll get to meet you both in person soon so this has been wonderful and Thank you, Larry. And I can't wait for our audience to check out New Filmmakers LA. Yeah, what's the what's the website real quick, just while we're, we're talking about it still? So you can go to newfilmmakersla.com, um, which I think is the easier one for me to say, but you can also go to nfmla.org, like New Filmmakers LA, so nfmla. Org. People tend to get more confused by that one, but newfilmmakersla.com also works. Very cool. And um, when will your next, um, I guess, festival screening be? What's Because it's a, a semi-regular schedule, right? Yeah. So we just had our April festival this last Saturday, um, and we have our May festival on May 13th, which is in focus Asian cinema. Okay. Um, and it's a really great lineup. This last month we had... Uh, in Focus Disabilities, which was awesome. We partnered up with Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge to do an additional showcase at the festival. Um, so yeah, April uh, April 22nd just passed and May 13th is is coming up quick. Okay, and then what about for June, just in case um, the scheduling of this podcast um, gets pushed a touch? When will the next June um, screenings be? So our June festival is in focus lgbtq plus and it is happening on june 17th very cool okay great this has been a pleasure thank you all for listening to pitch podcast and thank you larry for coming on yeah I, thank you guys so much for having me it's our yeah. pleasure it really was i'm leah st marie and i'm angel and this has been pitch podcast cheers from hollywood cheers from hollywood if you're on the fence about subscribing, know that a portion of all subscription fees go toward the nonprofit Young Storytellers, raising voices one story at a time.